Hey everybody, Corey here. And Aaron. We are changing things up a bit this week. We have a listener-submitted story called An Act of God, written by Meg Jakari. Really good story. And Aaron is going to recite that for you. Yeah, I think it's the first time that's happened, right? Where we've had we've had a lot of people submit stories. Yes. But this one is just written, and she wanted me to recite it. Yes. Please also keep um, submitting your stories. I thoroughly enjoy reading them. So does Aaron. Yeah. Go to 7minutestoriespod.com, and when you're there, pitch us your story. As long as it's within the seven minutes, we take a look at it. We, yeah. we really do like reading them. I They're love awesome. it so much. Yeah. So without further ado... This is an act of God, a really, actually a perfect story for what we're going through right now. Funny, all the good stuff that stories have. It's called An Act of God. It's written by Meg Jakari. Hope you guys enjoy. Bye. Bye, Corey. In the midst of the unfolding coronavirus pandemic, I went shopping. Now, one of the essentials that has been really hard to find during this time due to hoarding is toilet paper. Well, today at the store, the shelves were sparse, but they weren't bare. So I decided to purchase a modest package of 20 rolls of toilet paper just to hold us over. And I placed the rolls next to a 24-pack of bottled water and a carton of baby wipes under my shopping cart where the bulk items usually go. Quick note... That baby wipes, when soaked in a solution of diluted bleach or ammonia or rubbing alcohol, make a great substitute for disinfectant wipes that are selling in the black market for like 10 times their value, and they're nearly impossible to find at a store. Nevertheless, I go to the checkout, and after waiting patiently at each carefully spaced social distancing dot placed on the floor leading to the checkout, I eagerly began unloading my cart, and it was my turn. So I first grabbed the baby wipes from below and gently placed them on the moving belt of the cashier's workstation. She peeked around the plexiglass, the shield separating us and any coronavirus droplets gone wild that might have escaped through the loose edges of our face masks. And she said, you don't need to put the water or the toilet paper up here. I'll come around and scan them, she said. And so I proceeded to unload the rest of my items from the basket, mostly food, a couple of shoelaces. That's another scarce item being used for face masks. And four boxes of 200 alcohol pads, of which I admittedly went overboard. See, at first, I just helped myself to two, but then I did the quick math in my head and realized that the number of phones and phone calls times the number of uses times the number of days before a vaccine might be available meant more necessary phone wipe downs than I had originally considered. Finally, when the cashier scanned the last item on the belt, she turned to me with a total and... For a split second, I thought, yes, free TP and bottled water. Then, catching her name tag as I glanced her way, I said, did you get the toilet paper and the water, Penny? Believing I'd pay a price elsewhere for such an indiscretion. So Penny came around the shield with her gun drawn, tethered by a coil, and she moved the items around to connect her light ray with the barcodes and announced a new total. I sighed at the damage. And reminded myself, though, that it feels good to be good. It feels good to be good. As I pushed my loaded cart towards my car in the parking lot, a woman unloading her own basket of pandemic essentials pointed behind me and asked, Is that yours? And I turned back just in time to witness. $15 worth of toilet paper 
being trapped under the low ride of a black Impreza as it backed out of the parking space over the rolls that had quietly escaped from my cart. When the driver saw my horrified reaction and realized something didn't sound right, she slammed on her brakes and jumped out of the car, panicking as if she had just run over a small child. I ran over and immediately assured her she had not. And as relief washed over her face, hearing it was just toilet paper, she bent down to remove it. It was clear more force would be needed. She pulled backwards, then forward, then backward, then on an angle. It wouldn't budge. I suggested calling roadside service to have them jack up the car, or perhaps she should engage the assistance of the police officer keeping an eye out for shoplifters and carjackers at the other end of the lot. She thought the latter seemed like a better idea and set off towards him. I loaded my car, returned my cart, and set off to visit guest services with my receipt in hand. I wanted to see if they might allow me to replace the item. You know, maybe they would offer credit or some other resolution. Not that it was the store's fault. I mean, did the toilet paper jump ship because Penny had shifted the items to scan them and not place them solidly back in the center of the cart? Had its wheels hit a divot in the asphalt of their poorly maintained lot? No. According to the gentleman at Guest Services Register 3, it was an act of God. I was speechless. Jaw dropped open, hidden behind my mask. You know, being out during these times is stressful enough, and I just wasn't looking for conflict. So I walked away. But back in the parking lot at the scene of the crime, the Impreza was gone. The toilet paper? Gone. The cop? Gone. An act of God, I thought? Well, maybe if I hadn't reminded Penny to scan those items, I could agree. But I had done the right thing, and this is how it ends? Oh, no. This is not how it ends. You see, I looked around and I saw the cop's car and I approached it, but it was empty. And I entered an adjacent store to find him guarding the ATM just inside of that door. And I asked if he had just helped a woman who ran over my toilet paper. He had. I asked him where it was. He said it was still out there. I didn't see it, I said. Well, someone must have taken it, he replied. You left it out there, I blurted out. Well, yeah, lady, what did you expect me to do with it? He exclaimed indignantly. I said, I don't know. I thought you would have kept it until the rightful owner came to claim it, as you would have done a wallet, and that while it was only $15 worth, the store wouldn't replace it, and that toilet paper is really hard to come by these days. I mean, I was looking for some empathy. The cop moved towards the window, you know, to see for himself if the toilet paper was no longer there. He said, it's still there, lady. And some of it's probably usable, he replied with a smirk. Where, where? I don't see it, I said. He said, it's way over there by the stop sign. He pointed and said, I had to have that lady accelerate her car across the lot to dislodge it, he said. Oh, well, that's not where I looked, I told him as I turned away, slightly embarrassed. And I marched to the far side of the lot to see what I could salvage. I looked upon the crushed, torn, blackened tissue scattered, in asphalt dust and dirty puddle water, knowing immediately it would never see where the sun don't shine. I retrieved a shopping cart, I loaded up the rolls, and pushed towards guest services. I was intercepted by a uniform greeter. I asked, who is the guy at Register 3, guest services? You mean John? The greeter replied. Yeah, John. I said, these 
are for John. Tell him they're from God. Seven Minute Stories is created and performed by Aaron Califato. Audio production by Ken Went. You can connect with Ken at media216.com. Original artwork done by Pete Whitehead. See Pete's work at petewhitehead.com. And lastly, I'm Corey Burse, and I coordinate the podcast. Make sure and tune in next week for another story. <laughs>